0: He's got connections, from actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you. On the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass.
1: The first of several big interviews I'm blessed to have on the schedule this week is I welcome Bad Wolves frontman Tommy Vex. How are you, man?
0: I'm good. What's going on, brother?
1: How are you? Uh, things are doing all right here in Des Moines, Iowa. You're in California, right?
0: We are. We are in. I'm in Venice, California, which is Los Angeles. For those who don't know,
1: um,
0: and yeah, it's a, it rained today, which is weird. So that's probably good because we need rain.
1: It's interesting you say that. I, you know, I talked to a number of record reps out on the left coast, and they said the same thing. Like, how odd is it that we actually got some rain today? I said, well, hopefully it'll wash away some of that nastiness out that direction.
0: Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see.
1: I don't know. I appreciate your time. And actually, I want to start by congratulating you. I'm not sure of the exact date, but I know you're coming up on 11 years of sobriety, which is phenomenal.
0: Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, today is the day. Uh, 11 years ago today uh, is, was my first day of sobriety, and uh, it's been a wild ride. I've gotten uh, probably a 1,000 text messages this morning, which is always a good sign. Uh, that I'm still making an impact in other people's lives, so that feels good. And, you know, just... Uh, I'm very grateful. Uh, my life looked a lot different 11 years ago and uh, and I'm very, very grateful that it is where it is today.
1: Yeah, over the course of these 11 years, you've helped a ton of people out through your work as a drug and alcohol counselor and a sober life coach. It feels like that work is now more important than ever considering the situation we're in with coronavirus and many in lockdown for weeks on end. Social distancing kind of makes getting that help to the people that need it tricky, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, well, I think that for a lot of people, I mean there's you know, there's two ends of the spectrum. There's like, you know, people who are are older, and then there are people who are immune deficient who are at risk, uh, and then then there's also just, you know, a lot of people are really scared, you know, they're not really at risk, it's not it's not potentially harmful to them at all, but I think the sensationalization of the mainstream media has really, uh, it's almost, it almost feels like there's been a terrorist attack on the United States um, citizenry, so what that does is uh, it keeps people in seclusion, And especially people who are prone to drug and alcohol abuse, um, you know, mental health disorders, Uh, I think it exacerbates the symptoms. And we've seen a lot of really weird things. You know, I'm I'm a statistics guy. And, you know, this entire time I've been watching numbers and reports on, you know, suicides have gone up, relapses have gone up, um, alcohol sales have been astronomical in the United States. And. It's just kind of a strange thing that the liquor stores are considered essential, but you're not allowed to go to church very
1: weird and maybe the craziest thing about this entire global health crisis especially here in the states tommy and maybe you've heard this already but we're all in this storm but we're in different boats depending on where we live daily life in a place like california where you're at is worlds apart from daily life in iowa where i'm at and i kind of i want to ask this because of where you're at because the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel continues to kind of dim there does it feel like you'll ever return to some semblance of normalcy
0: um i don't know it to some of the normalcy, what I what I will say is that people like me, we I'm, I'm not a homeowner in, in California, so I'm not willing to stay here. Um, I think what I think that uh, the coronavirus pandemic has been politically hijacked, and I think that uh, certain governors uh, with certain political leanings are continuing to overextend a lockdown order that on a global. On a global standpoint, uh, it's scientifically arguable that it was not to begin with. I think it was smart for us to do what we did uh, as a community as, and as a people as a whole to make sure that we, uh, we responded to what we thought was going to happen. But as the data continues to come out, you're starting to see the truth. And um, I, I think that it was very over-exaggerated. And I think as a result, I think there are a lot of um, political leaders who would like to see uh, a change of regime of the presidency. And I think they're using the lockdown order as a way to impose tyranny and oppression upon people who don't want it. I've drawn a lot of controversy by being outspoken about this. Um, I have friends who are actors and friends who are artists who, uh, you know, they're they're being silenced. You know, scientists and doctors are not allowed to talk about this. If they talk about it on YouTube, they're getting deleted. Um, to me, uh, that's a lot of red flags, you know. And then you're seeing, like, the police departments in various cities are kind of refusing to lock up innocent business owners for just going back to work. You know, I think that, uh, I think that the American people kind of had enough of being told what to do and told that our lives are in danger when the numbers aren't there. We have 39 million people in California and 3,000 deaths from coronavirus.
1: Do you think, uh, just on that topic real quick, again, since you're in California, um, do you think the average American citizen that owns a business wields the same amount of power as somebody like Elon Musk, who came out last week and said, you know what, I'm just going to get my operation up and running. If you want to arrest somebody, come arrest me. But nobody ever did
0: nobody arrested him because he has the finances to afford attorney And basically, uh, the loophole is that the, the governor, the, the governor Newsom is in, is actually, uh, it, what he's doing is illegal now. It's against the bill of rights and it, and, and it forfeits parts of the constitution that are, you know, that were put in place for our forefathers. You know, like, if my grandfather was alive he'd be, today, he'd be losing his mind. Like, we, you know, our grandparents did not fight World War I and II to tolerate this sort of a thing. And I think that um, there is a sensitivity and there's no disrespect to the people who lost their lives. Eight, I'm from New York City. Eighteen people I personally know, and including family members and friends I grew up with, tested positive for the virus. Uh, six of them had symptoms. The remaining 12 had nothing. Um, People, uh, I think my one friend was sick for 14 days. He had it really bad. Everyone else was sick for 48 hours, and one of my friends was sick for five days. You know, and then there's the the additional issue of the hospitals padding the death toll. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a buddy who died in New York of leukemia. He's been fighting leukemia for a long time, and they ruled his death COVID-19, and now his wife has to deal with, You know all the implications in his will that were if he was you know upon his death of leukemia that X Y and Z would you know his his estates would be distributed between his children and his ex-wife and his current wife Uh, you know and then so and you're also seeing all these weird stories of like on, on online it's it's a very weird time and it's hard to get real information because mainstream media is saying everything else is fake news but. They're constantly getting caught faking the news, you know. So you really have to, it's just a very strange time. And I think Americans are starting to wake up. And I think what has to happen for us is we have to stop um, abiding by the political divide and look at what is going on and demand answers and demand accountability. I think there should be a demand of accountability of uh, on, on all parties. You know, China is completely and personally responsible for this entire thing, as it seems. Who's going to restore the global economies that they destroyed because they were negligent in not giving the other countries the information of how serious this virus was? We could have just stopped flights. China allowed international flights from Wuhan to San Francisco, fully well knowing they were in the in the midst of a pandemic. They had shut down flights internally in their country from Wuhan to any other parts of China, but still allowed international flights.
1: How long do you think this thing's been here, Tommy? Just your opinion.
0: I think it came to the States probably, it's probably been here since January. It's, I don't know any answers. I just have been researching, um, you know, different different news outlets. Uh, you know, there's Dr. Nicholson out of Bakersfield, and, and also... The uh, Stanford University conducted se- separate tests. Yep. Over seven thousand people were tested for antibodies to the virus, and it was deduced that the probability would have been it is that over sixty eight percent of Californians have already come into contact with the virus and it hasn't affected them. Yeah. You know, the other thing to think about too is how you said the way that we live. People who live in cities like Chicago, New York, Jersey City. Um, any cities that are stacked on top of each other, Montreal, Quebec, uh, and it's really cold and you have an, a population of elderly people and sick people like you've seen in Milan or, or in parts of Spain where like elderly people in those European countries still live with the family. So kids normally get, are the, are the couriers of, of a flu. And they bring it, they go to school, they mix it around, they're kind of immune to it for the most part, and then they bring it home and their parents get sick. In those countries, in the aforementioned countries, because culturally, grandparents still live with the family, you had a massive death toll of elderly people who already were Mm -hmm. immune-compromised, and they couldn't really get a hold on it. The issue with cities like New York City, anyone, I'm from there, anyone who's lived there, if you take public transportation... From, you know, Wall Street millionaires to homeless people, they ride the train together. The trains are packed. So it really only takes a few people to be sick taking, you know, and there's a train that goes, the A train goes directly from JFK Airport into the city. Uh, So if somebody was sick and just took the train in and they touched a couple of things and maybe they coughed and sneezed, now you already, you have a mass intubation of all these other passengers. So... For Californians, we don't really use public transportation like that. You know, the buses and the trains are predominantly for for lower working class and homeless people, actually. Hmm. You know, and I didn't have a car for years, and I rode the bus, and that's what it was. It was like you know, poor, it's not the same as New York or Chicago. Like poor people ride the bus. You know, and so I think public transportation is was a major issue for sort the of virus spreading. You know. I don't think, you know, that could have been shut down. But I don't think the cities wanted to lose the money. You know, um, a lot, you know, my mother still lives in Brooklyn. My sister still lives in Brooklyn. You know, they stayed in. You know, thank God I'm in a position where I can, I financially can take care of them. So, you know, they're okay. But, you know, if my mom had to go work or babysit or something like that, she could have got sick and died. Just not from... Being around kids from taking the bus or the train.
1: I'm glad you brought up the serology test that Stanford did, because I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of this now uh, and, and try to extrapolate how, how many people have been in contact with this thing. And I, I'm like you. I think a lot more people have actually had this than they even realize. And one thing I'm going to keep a close eye on, Tommy, coming up as uh, we're, we're coming up on summer here, they're coming up on winter in the southern hemisphere. So I'm interested to see in places like Brazil and Africa and places that haven't had a winter yet, how this affects them.
0: Yeah, well, I have friends in Brazil and I have friends in Australia. Australia is, is they're preparing because it's flu season that's coming up for them and they're very, very worried about it. Sure. So, uh, so they're like kind of in a, in a weird state of, you know, I, I've, I have a lot of friends actually in Australia and, and they're all kind of giving me the temperature and they have various jobs and, you know, they just, things are a little bit less um, locked down. But they are being smart, as, as we should be going into when we go into September, about how this, this thing might come back. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that, look, people need to, to stop looking at the terror and the nonsense on the news and look at the statistics and historical facts. This idea that we're going to come up with a vaccination anytime soon, it, it, it takes at least 8 to 10 years to develop a functional vaccination for a virus that we've known about for decades. This is a brand new virus. We don't know anything about it. And so a lot of scientists are saying that this is the best possible way for us to deal with this as a, as a human race is herd immunity. And then people who are immune deficient and people who are at risk, we need to, those are the people who we need to make sure that like when we visit our grandparents, that we, you know, we wash our hands or that we wear masks or we do this or we do that. If you have friends who have Immunity problems that you have to treat as such if you have family members or people who are battling cancer and all these all these different things so that you're not taking the virus and you're bringing it, uh, you're not a carrier for it where it can actually affect somebody. Most of us will be fine. And if you go online and you find, all, I mean, there are 137 different doctors, scientists and nurses online who have been shut up. They're all saying the same thing from all different countries. So it becomes very difficult for me to believe the panic broadcast, you know, because there are there's political, there's, there's definitely political leads. And it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if you're Democratic or Republican. There's a war on the American economy.
1: I was just going to say, you know, the entertainment industry in general has been ground to a halt by this economically and I'm wondering how confident are you that A, artists like yourself can weather this storm and B, that someday touring and sharing confined space with others can be a reality?
0: Um, Well, this is the thing for me, solely for me personally, I I walked away from a $200,000 a year job to be in a band and make way less money. Yeah. So And my job still exists for me. So I have a, I have a, I'm a specialist, so I can go back to work. I'm not so much concerned about, you know, the future, my future. I'm, I'm more concerned about the future of small businesses, you know, and and what this country was founded on, what the American dream is. You know, because if they continue to put co- these lockdowns on and off and this, that, and the other, um, it's gonna destroy people's entire livelihoods. that generations have worked hard to build businesses and family-owned restaurants and uh, you know and and just you know all online different online businesses and service businesses. And, you know, I don't understand why all mom and pop grocery stores and shops got closed, but we got we can go to Walmart. yeah, you know, and it's like, well, why? Because who owns Walmart? Follow the money. Why are these people lobbying to allow certain mega superstar store outlets to stay open during a quarantine? But if you own your own grocery store, like you're not allowed, you'll go to jail. You know they were they were in California like two weeks ago. They let five pedophiles out of jail. I have heard because this. They they, they're letting people out of jail. They let a hundred a hundred people who are awaiting trial in Rikers Island in New York out. They let actually they let everyone out of Rikers Island, and a hundred of them were violent criminals who have now been put back into custody. Okay, they had they let five pedophiles out of uh, of a state penitentiary in California state in forty eight hours. Two of them have exposed themselves to children and were back in jail. Gross. Okay, and in Texas, they arrested a woman for opening her salon.
1: Yep, I heard this story. In
0: jail for seven days and charged with seven thousand dollars. So when you see what's happening here, this like. People get uncomfortable when I say these things, but you have to look back at history at Nazi Germany and understand what that what the Nazi German government did to the people to collude their own people into blaming everything on the Jewish community to in order to psychologically get the people behind them to commit these atrocities. Right now the same mentality with the virus is being used on us. They're having, they have got people who are fighting with each other over the internet, families torn apart of, about the virus. It's like, it's, it's the flu and it's pneumonia at best. And still more people have died of influenza than the coronavirus. 7.2 million people die from cigarettes every year. Over 600,000 people die from heart disease, Okay, 480,000 Americans die of morbid obesity every year. So when you, and this is all on the CDC's website, so when you start to look at the statistics of what's really going on, you can't in good conscience live in terror and then rip up the Constitution and destroy American livelihood when you start to understand what's really going on. Yes, there's a virus. Okay, some people are going to die. But does that mean that our country, you know, and what's going to happen? If we grind our country to a halt and we destroy the American economy, if you look at a global scale, who's going to be, who's already back up doing work? Who's already creating products that we are consuming right now while we're all locked down in our houses?
1: China we farmed out an awful lot to them no question i think one thing that i hope comes out of this at least for us is that we bring those jobs back here and we start manufacturing more here
0: well that's the thing like people don't realize this too like china they hate donald trump they hate him because he put tariffs on all the incoming goods which means if they want to sell their products in america they have to pay a tax people don't understand this this like the international trade agreement so for example, Brazil charges a 50%, almost a 50% tariff on any incoming goods. So if you live in Brazil and you happen to be rich, most of the country is not rich, is not wealthy. But if you're a wealthy person and you want to buy a German Mercedes-Benz and it's a $60,000 car, you have to pay $120,000 plus for the same car. Because the government charges the amount, the, they charge a 50% tax on the cost of the car, just to have it sold in that country. And I think I, I don't know what the numbers are, but you know, if people hate Trump, like cool, like yeah, it's a guy. He, he's a jerk. I don't care. You know, look, fix America. I don't care. Is he? He's is he uncouth? Yeah. He's a business guy. He's not a politician. He's a businessman. You know, and like. Yeah, was Barack Obama cool? Yeah, he was cool. He was smooth. But, like, I didn't really agree with his foreign policy. I operate from a standpoint of no politicians give a, a shit about me. Mm-hmm. They just don't. In order to want to be president, you have to be a sociopath. You have to be so, <laughs> so egotistical to think about that job. Like, that's not like, you know, like being an actor, even being a rock star, like, In order for me to go on stage in front of all these people and think that I'm good enough to go and stand in front of all these people that I deserve to be heard to sing, it took 20 years for me to build up the confidence. And it took practice over and over and over and over again. And I still think, like, I'm not that good. I look at other, you know, I'm I'm working on a song with Chris Dautcher right now. And, dude, the guy sings circles around me. I'm like, geez. But I always want to be better. It's like athleticism. To be the president of the free world and to be born and be like I'm going to be the president. All these people are nuts. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pipe dream, you know. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think these people give two craps about us individually they don't
1: in terms of bad wolves tommy if we could just talk about your band just for a moment here with touring out of the question at least for the time being the band have remained connected to fans via patreon what sorts of incentives and exclusive content are you offering for those that contribute
0: uh well basically the patreon is a subscription and you know you we have i think we have almost a full album of songs streaming up there so right now we released Every Friday we do like content release, and Monday through Friday, each band member goes on live. And so, you know, they'll they'll either do like uh, John kind of likes to do this thing where he does—he's a connoisseur of fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to catch me dead eating? <laughs> but he does like food reviews, and he tried like he went to McDonald's and ordered one of everything off the menu and tried to eat the whole thing. Oh my I god! Mean, it's hilarious. Yeah. And so, and then Chris and, and Kyle and Doc will go in and they'll do playthroughs. They'll teach people like how the songs are written. They'll just do Q and A's. Um, I usually get on there and I just like, I just talk about what's going on, the process of making the record, what the songs are about. And then additionally, um, we were, we put a bunch of covers on there, you know, cause we, we, I record covers pretty regularly. Um, because it helps me get better at singing. So if there's a song I can't sing, I'm like, I need to go learn how to record that. Mm. So I'll go and, and track it. And then, so I had a bunch of these vocals covers that was just vocal and piano. And then and we put the, the band that ripped them up and put music to them. And they're like, all right, cool. And um, so we have those and those are streaming on the Patreon only. Uh, and then we're going to release a movie on the Patreon. Cool. So there's just a lot of content. And then all of the, as soon as we start touring again, every Patreon member is going to get a voucher for a meet-and-greet, a a free meet-and-greet. So we don't do not do meet and greets because I don't believe in charging people for them to meet me. I think it's ridiculous. Hmm. Um, And so this was another way to, like, circumvent that whole thing because I like doing meet-and-greets, but there's a lot of politics that get involved, and we're, like, basically, okay, if you want to meet the band, join the Patreon, and then when we go back on tour for the first year we're on tour, everybody... You know, people can come twice, it's whatever, if we're in the same city. So it's just, we're going to do the first 20 people uh,
1: every menu. I love that. I really appreciate your candor in this conversation. I got one more quick item before I let you go. Um, Typically, an itinerary for a band like yours is drawn up many months in advance. Since the outbreak and since being locked down... All of those plans, of course, get thrown out the window. Have there been any positives you're taking away from this experience in terms of thinking differently out of necessity?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, being on my 11th year, 11 years ago, I was homeless. I was a homeless drug addict, and an alcoholic, sleeping on a pork bench and crashing on my friend's couch. Uh, So I'm not really whatever happened. I've been through so many ups and downs in life, you know, through, you know, I've been on my own since I was a kid. So well, everything that's happening to me was an opportunity to do more work. So as soon as the lockdown happened, I was already a few songs into the third record. And then I just went full steam knowing that no other artists would want to go into the studio because they were scared. So now we're, you know, we did we demoed like 18 songs and there's like another 10 in the pipe that are on their way from the band. Oh, wow. And on top of it, yeah, and on top of it, we recorded, like, eight cover songs, and there'll be probably, like, 14 cover songs when I'm done. Um, and then I'm going to do a solo record. And, like, I'm I'm staying busy. I wrote a biography. So I, on Wednesday, I'm meeting up with, with my co-writer, and we're going to finish my biography over the next couple of weeks. And we're going to start pitching it to publishers. And so my life story will go into a book. So there's no short, like, this thing, we tour so much that I don't have enough time to do the things that I want to do. You know, I want to open up a rehab eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of things I want to do. So <laughs> touring is it's great, but it takes up a lot of bandwidth and a lot of time, and so I'm taking this as a blessing. And I think, you know, anyone who is creative uh, or opportunistic to take the lockdown of the time to get better at something. You know, I know some friends who like, they learn how to do taxes. I don't know to spend money on a tax attorney anymore. I know somebody who's like, I'm going to learn yoga. You know, or somebody who's like, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to, you know, learn uh, a, a girl that I've been going on dates with. She decided she was going to learn Portuguese. You know, and so it's like, people are just doing stuff. And then also, you know, people are not really having to spend money. though, So they're like, oh, if I have this, I'll trade you that and then you trade me this, and then I'll teach you this. You know, and so it's just like people go on Zoom and FaceTime, and they, you know, it's funny, because this thing that's supposed to keep us six feet apart from each other wound up bringing people closer together.
1: Yep, I would agree with that. 100% agree with that. Uh, Real quick, you mentioned uh, some new music that you've uh, hammered out, uh, some demos at least. Do you find that because of what's transpired between the release of Nation and now, do you find that this stuff is coming out more aggressive, more melodic? What's coming out of you?
0: It's just it's the same stuff, you know. I mean, like there are some. There's been very, uh, you know, reflective pieces. There's a, you know, I I I didn't speak to my father for about six years. Um, he's, he's an alcoholic, and he wound up getting sober two years ago, and I had no connection to him, and he wound up calling me in April for my birthday, and I wound up you know, we had a really good talk and we are—we have started to mend our relationship and I'm at the age that he was when he was a father and as a man, I understand now more of what, I have more compassion for his mistakes because I can understand the frustration of what it was like to, you know, be a Vietnam veteran with PTSD and try to raise a family of five on a janitor's salary. Oh man. You know, and there's a lot of things that when you're a kid, you don't understand the perspective of an adult and I think it's like there's songs like that that are about uh, coming full circle and, and the, the freedom and forgiveness, you know. Then there's other songs that there's a song called "Terrible Things" that is uh, that was recorded actually last year, uh, and that song is like very much like a Nine Inch Nails hurt kind of style, and it's hmm. really about going down the mistakes of my life uh, and the negative connotations that those memories bear on us when we sit in, in um, you know, morbid self-attention. And then there's other songs that are, you know, there's heavy songs, and we haven't really, like, you know, gone and written a bunch of, like, COVID-19 pandemic songs. Like, I don't really, you know, it's like, I don't really think we're going to really know the truth of what this whole thing was for, like, 20 or 30 years.
1: You're, you might be right. We'll
0: come out and we'll, yeah, that's how it usually is. There's usually some big, like, government scam and then we don't know about it for 30 or 40 years. I mean, it, you know, we're so, the media has gaslit the American public so badly. Uh, and if, pe- if the listeners aren't familiar, gaslighting is a psychological term, where uh, a psycho- it's a psychological abuse term. We're usually in, in a romantic relationship or a family relationship. The abuser will try to make the victim convinced of an, a reality that doesn't exist in order to manipulate them to do what they want. And the media has done that to us so badly that we are so fatigued, we don't believe anything. I mean, dude, they put video footage from the Pentagon of UFOs, and no one even cares. (laughs) You're right. Nobody cares. (laughs) You don't even care. Dude, two years ago of UFOs, I would have bought the biggest telescope I could find. You would never... I'd be writing albums about UFOs. I'm like, I knew it, you know everybody would be like obsessed with ET and maybe movies and blockbuster films and independent they all of this, you know, nobody even cares. People are like, we don't care. Like fix this. What is going on? You, you know what I mean? Stop destroying our
1: economy. It wouldn't surprise me you if know. the next thing that coming down the pike is they they're among us and they've been among us for generations. And, uh, and now it's time to take us home,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's like the best-case scenario, right. you know what I mean? Like, we, <laughs> you know, we don't even know. A lot of people are afraid to say they're discontent with the situation, you know, because they don't want to—everyone's so divided, and they like—you know, entertainers are so terrified, like, what if people don't like me, and then they'll attack me on Twitter, and we live in this cancel— cancellation culture. Correct. And it's just like I don't I don't care. Like I, I don't care. We're not supposed to all agree. That's what makes America so great. We don't we're not supposed to. I respect other people's opinions. I respect other people's voting choices. I respect other people's religious beliefs. I respect the way that they earn money, the way that they raise their families. I grew up in a culture of mind your damn business and treat the other person the way you want to be treated. And, you know, the Internet has kind of, like, created this genre of people who just think that they're entitled to tear everyone down. And I call, like, I call them the it's Karen culture. Mm. There's like, oh, I'm going to give you my two cents. And I'm like, no one cares. <laughs> like Until you actually do something with your life, I'm not really, like, I'm, you're not allowed to criticize me. And that's how we should all feel. We should all treat each other with respect. You know, and we lost that. And until the country gets that back, you know, people look and they're like, oh, well, it's the, the president and the, and the government officials and the bureaucrats, and they're acting like this, so we don't have to treat each other with respect. I'm like, no, we most absolutely must want to treat each other with respect, because these people do not dictate for us how we should treat our neighbors. We've lost what makes us great as a country, because we keep watching the idiot box and a bunch of clowns who have too much power. You know, and it's time for people to get, it's time for an awakening. we got to wake up. we got it too good for too long and we haven't paid attention. And now while while we haven't been paying attention, the clowns started, you know, the the loony started running the asylum. I mean, I believe in people. I believe in the goodness of people, you know, amidst all this nonsense and all the bad stuff that we see going on. You know what I see? I see people, you know, getting groceries for elderly people you know, uh, friends and family helping other people in times of crisis, people showing up for each other. That's what we do. That's what Americans do. That's what we're about. That's what the, our nation was, was founded on. You know, we came here to escape tyranny and oppression. We fought for freedom and freedom of oppression against the, you know, against the English. You know, and then we had a civil war because there were, you know, because... People start realizing slavery was wrong, and now we and things have been kind of all right, you know. And and now they they want to lock us up and keep us in our houses because there's a bad strain of the flu. Dude, it's insanity! It's utter insanity. Anyone who adheres to this nonsense is it, completely asleep. Time to wake up, people. I'm not running for office. I'm just a guy in a band. That's like, right. I'm just like I'm tired of people being so terrified to say how they feel everyone should say how they feel on their own platforms. everyone should talk we should talk to each other but we have to respect one another if someone doesn't believe what I believe it doesn't mean they're a bad person or they should die that's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous you know it's like politics has become the new racism you make people hate each other because of things that they don't that because they don because they believe system it's like it's like religion you know basically it's to me, you know, Jewish and Muslim people who, who are, hate each other just because they're different religions and the history behind it is as ridiculous to me as Democrats and Republicans hating each other because of what they're political, but who cares? Yep. Who cares? You eat food, you drink water, you live in a house, and you need people and love to, to live. We're the same. We're all the same.
1: You keep this up, Tommy. They're going to beg you to run for an office.
0: I, I don't want to be assassinated. Everyone that tells the truth, you know, look at look at JFK, man. Yeah. I mean, anybody who tells the truth, they get rid of you. You can't be telling the truth. It don't work like that.
1: You, I know we've been avoiding each other. You haven't been uh, able to play Des Moines yet, but you come to Des Moines, I would love to sit down and have more of this conversation with you. Honestly.
0: Yeah, let's get tea and coffee and kick it, man. I'm, not, you know, this is the kind, of, this is the kind of stuff I like, you know. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm sure you can't, I'm sure it's not um, in your best interest to, to, dive, to divulge well, all your...
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say, no, here. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. You know what it is, Tommy? I, I, it, my job here is to give you the platform because you're giving me your time. So that's my job right now. That's why I'm getting paid to do this. But I do have opinions and I do have theories and I'd love to have this conversation with you in person sometimes. So if you come to Des Moines... Make sure to look me up, and uh, and let's let's do this.
0: Yeah, I would love to, man. We can, I mean, I'm down to do it as an audience. We can take questions. We can talk to people. It's important to have other people involved, too. Everybody has a voice, but we have to use it lightly. We have to ask questions. You should not be not allowed to ask questions, you know?
1: Yep. There's no doubt.
0: I mean, why, you know, especially when it's the government. Why do we have to do this, but we can't do this? Uh. Um, you, no, uh, uh Pay no attention to the man behind the (laughs) curtain. Right, right. Like, what?
1: Man, thank you so much for giving me your time today. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man, thank you. Thanks for having me, and thank you for, uh, thanks for Iowa for giving the world Slipknot. It's one of the greatest heavy metal bands of all time. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, you know, you guys do it right, so I hope to see you guys soon.
1: Come to Des Moines, Tommy. Look me up, and we'll get together.
0: All right, awesome. I'll
1: do that. All right, thanks, brother. Be well.
0: All right, you too, bro.